0: what's up everybody welcome back to the casual big 10 podcast today is monday september 18th i'm trying to get the date down because i'm a little distracted i'm joined today by my boy jr he's from big banters the big 10 huddle it's a podcast i was on his show last week he's joining me this week jr how are you doing today
1: oh man i'm doing great i uh Watch some NFL football today. Um, all three of my Ohio State. Yes, three. Okay, we do include Burrow. Uh all three of them lost. They're (laughs) 0-6 now. So, you know, that's a little depressing, but you know, the Buckeyes won. So I'm feeling okay about that. Uh, but you know, it's a good time. We'll make it through. Uh, but yeah, doing great. How are you doing today, Kent?
0: I'm doing good, except for the Lions lost and partially because of Ohio State's Smith and Jigba. That was He was not helping the cause today. There was a ton of Big Ten guys like on the field on both sides of both teams. So it was fun to just watch some of those guys. But I was disappointed that the Lions blew it. So whatever, though. Hey, it's going to happen.
1: Your boy Charbonnet, though. He's on the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, I did see him play. Good for him. Um, yeah. I didn't like that he was running all over the Lions, but it's all good. It's yeah. all good.
1: And uh, Walker let's take, and... Smith and Jigba. Yeah, there's a ton of Big 10 guys in there,
0: Witherspoon man. was on defense for the That's Seahawks. That's right. I forgot about him. Yeah. Yep. I don't Hutchinson, not
1: Kenneth Walker. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Hutchinson for the Lions. Hutchinson, so there's a, there's a yeah. bunch of guys out there, but um sure. anyways, before we jump into this uh, I did want to give you just a minute go ahead and properly uh, promote all your stuff, what you got going on and uh kind of what you do throughout the week for the Big 10.
1: For sure, man. Yeah, uh, I do the Big Ten Huddle. It's kind of a weird podcast, but basically, I bring on personalities and insiders from all over the Big Ten. Uh, just talk through the games that went on. Sometimes preview other games, and then just like news and notes, topics and stuff, and not like the standard ones. So, like if you listen to like you, the Joel Klatt show or something like that, you'll get like the big news stuff. And we do cover those things too. But like we literally showed the video of Kirk Herbstreit dogging Ohio State fans. Uh, and talked about that so uh if you find stuff on reddit or you find stuff on twitter like that's this is kind of the podcast for you uh type of deal uh we just had mark rogers on the last episode so that was super cool broke down the week three games kind of like we're going to do here um but yeah uh, you can find us at the big 10 huddle on twitter the big 10 huddle on youtube and then if you just want to follow me if you're an ohio state fan I suggest it if you're not an Ohio State fan, I might talk trash about your team every now and then, uh, but it's all in good fun. Uh JR's underscore rankings at JRS underscore rankings.
0: So we, I have that up on the screen for people watching on YouTube. You'll be able to easily find JR on Twitter and get to his podcast that way. Great podcast. Um, I listened to it. I was actually listening to it before you invited me on. And then uh, I've been listening to it since my episode, which wasn't that long ago. But he had Aaron Brightman on last week, too, which I've also had on my show. He was awesome. Rutgers guy. We're going to talk about some Rutgers. We're going to talk about each team. We're going to try to cover all 13 of these games, what happened this weekend. But before we do that, one last thing I wanted to ask you. What was your overall vibe of the conference this week, just in general, without like mentioning a specific team? Because I have some thoughts, but I want to know what you're feeling after this weekend's game games
1: you know the the Big Ten West is the Big Ten West um I don't want to be the guy that's like oh Big Ten East is far superior because you know the Big Ten East they have their own struggles but um you know I think I was the only undefeated team left in the Big Ten West I've been super disappointed with Wisconsin man I thought I thought that team and we'll get into them later so I don't want to give away too much but like I just thought they would be kind of where they were before you know um Kind of some of this stuff happened with Paul Chris and everything, but, you know, they're just not looking like it. And that's not to say they can't eventually, but um, just not looking like it right now. And Minnesota, you know, that's cool that they were close with North Carolina. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like I had high hopes going on the weekend. I hope that the Big Ten would at least be three and three with the ACC. Um, But, you know, IU couldn't pull it out. So, you know, here we are two and four. It is what it is, I guess.
0: Yeah, that was obviously a big focus going into this week cuz we had so many matchups against the ACC. But I'm kind of with you. I just felt like even the big dogs like in the East, except for Ohio State, they they performed well, but even some of those games it just felt like the conference overall like just was kind of like dragging through the mud this week because it's the third week a lot of these teams are playing their third non-conference game or their second non-conference game. They're kind of getting bored with that. I'm excited to get into Big Ten play and hopefully the uh, level of competition and maybe the sharpness of some of these games will will ramp up. Do you think that'll happen?
1: I think so. I think one of the things, and I've, and I've said this for years, the Big Ten West is the most competitive division in all of college football. And one of the reasons why is because all the teams really do play so similar with each other that you are literally seeing ground and pound, strong, tough defenses with you know, heavy defensive lines, heavy offensive lines really going after each other. And, you know, it's one of those things where once you get into conference play, the the ball is normally better because it's more interesting. You're seeing teams that are more like each other doing that. Um, and even teams in the East, I mean, it's going to be really, really exciting. They pulled up a graphic the other day on, I think it was Fox of the, the Michigan Penn State game, the Ohio State Penn State game, and then the Ohio State Michigan game. Man, those are going to be three of the best games of college football all year long for us to get to watch. Cause it, I mean that stretch right there. And I really do think that those three teams will probably go 11 and one. I really do think there's going to be something like that in there. Now, Michigan has the best chance to, to, you know, go undefeated there, but I just really feel like there is something brewing this year, especially with all of the, it's not just been the big 10, but all the conferences Nobody seems to be pulling away as like this super strong favorite Georgia struggled Michigan struggled, Texas you know it didn't look like it if you weren't locked into that game. Yeah, it was 10 to 10 in the fourth quarter like yep. that they struggled Florida State like what are you doing 18 penalties against Boston College man. Uh, so I just I think that this is going to be one of those seasons where it's just super interesting. And we'll definitely have a two-loss team in the playoffs. I think that's happening this year.
0: Oh wow, that is a that's a pretty bold prediction. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I like that though. I'm definitely going to keep my eyes out for that. Um, let's get let's let's reel it back into our conference though. The Big Ten. Uh, we got a lot of games to get to. What we're going to do today is we're going to uh, just kind of go through each game, kind of tennis back and forth. I'll do a game, you do a game. If you want to add anything. Um, or if I want to add anything to yours, we'll do that, but we'll try to zip through these games as quickly as possible with so much going on. And, uh, the first one that we have today is the first game that I watched yesterday. And also I do want to say, thank you. 13 games. I was happy to go into yesterday, like just kind of keeping my eyes on, I think I have eight of them today. So like I had five or six or whatever you're going to do today that I didn't have to watch like as closely. And that was really nice going into the weekend, but Wisconsin and Georgia Southern to start the day yesterday. To me, it felt like that these two teams, and like you said, Wisconsin's so disappointing, it felt like these two teams were pretty evenly matched. If, and like I said, if you didn't watch this game, kind of like what you were saying about uh, Texas, or, or whoever you were just talking about, what, the 10-10 yeah, game, that was Texas, Texas right? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So if you weren't watching this game and you just looked up at the scores, 35-14 to 14 to end the game, you're like, okay, Wisconsin won handily. That was not the case. Um, I thought that Georgia Southern was going toe-to-toe with them. I think they outgained them. I forgot to write that part down, but they outgained them. It was close throughout, and every time that Georgia Southern got in Wisconsin's territory was when all the turnovers started happening for them.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it felt like they had chances to go score, and then they just couldn't. Um, just so many interesting things in this game. Uh, Malusi was like the first one, and I think I'm saying his name wrong. I've always been saying it wrong. Is that how you pronounce it too?
1: That's how That's how I say it, but I'm like you. It's probably wrong. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, okay. Uh, he was the only guy getting snaps in the first half. Braylon Allen was nowhere to be found for some reason, and then he came back in in the second half, and that's kind of when Wisconsin started pulling away. Um, They had interceptions on... The 34, the 43, and the 26 of the Badgers. So they were on the other side of the 50 and threw three picks on that side of the 50 throughout this game. Um, And then they also missed a field goal at halftime. This game was just so much closer than I thought. Wisconsin's defense, I'm going to say, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth here, and then I'll kind of let you talk about Wisconsin some more. They get credit for all the interceptions that they get, all the turnovers that they, they got. But... It was really Georgia Southern's mistakes, in my opinion, that gave them the ball. Now, they were putting a little bit of pressure on the quarterback, Davis Brins, I I think his name was, um, put a little bit of pressure on him to kind of force some things, but I just don't think Wisconsin's defense is that good to, first of all, to get that many turnovers. But secondly, when they start playing a big 10 team, I think they're going to be in trouble. Uh couple other quick notes, and then, like I said, I'll let you take over. I wrote a bunch about this game. I was really excited about this one. Davis Brin had the most passing yards in all of college football for a player that lost yesterday. So that's pretty oh. interesting. Uh, I think they threw five interceptions, which is insane. Every time Georgia Southern turned it over in the second half, Wisconsin scored, whether it was Braylon Allen, Braylon Allen or Malusi. Uh, I think even Mordecai ran one in. And then... Uh, Another quick fact about Wisconsin, why I don't think they're very legit. I texted you this yesterday. Liberty played Buffalo, which is a common opponent for Mm. Wisconsin. Liberty scored 55 points on Buffalo at Buffalo yesterday. Wisconsin scored 38 on them at home when they played Buffalo. I'm just not sold on Wisconsin. I think that they're due for a loss, and uh, it's coming soon. Another loss, I should say.
1: Yeah, um, my thought after I got done, because I didn't catch all this game, but I caught kind of snippets of it because I kind of turned over at the end of the first half. But my thought in this game was kind of like you with the whole Georgia Southern thing. And my thought was like, they're lucky they're playing Georgia Southern because Wisconsin had no business winning on that day against any competent team. And I'm not saying Georgia Southern is bad or anything like that, but they just don't have the players that a Power 5 team should have. You know, so Wisconsin, they were lucky they were playing them. They were lucky that Davis Brin, you know, who I think he started. I just looked it up. I think he started like two years. Yeah, he started two years at Tulsa and then transferring to Georgia Southern um, over in the Sun Belt. Like he should be better than that. But at the same time, you know, I guess when you get excited and mm-hmm. get to going through all that. But yeah, yeah, no. And I looked it up, too, they did have. Georgia Southern had 455 total yards. Wisconsin had 451. So they did by four yards out game Wisconsin. Um, I just I just don't think this team is anything without Braylon Allen. I mean, yeah. Braylon Allen is going to be the one that takes them as far as they can go. And from the rumor I heard was that Braylon Allen went to the coaches and was like, guys, I want to. I want to take this team to the next level, kind of do that stuff. And they were like, okay, sit this game. You're kind of dealing with an injury, sit this game. And then after the first quarter it was over, it was like, no, you can't sit this game. We're in trouble. Like Braylon Allen, come back and save this. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Again, that's nothing super official. That's just kind of stuff I heard. But um, that does make sense
0: though, to me.
1: Yeah. Well, you think about it you know, power five teams do this against G5 teams sometimes, you know, I think it was two years ago, CJ Stroud had some kind of shoulder thing going on. They threw Kyle McCord out there against, was it Akron or Ball State or something like that. Some Mac team they did that with uh, last year, Michigan just decided to have a QB battle in the middle of the season where they gave both QBs a game. Like, you know, if you have good enough players, you should be able to just sit one of these guys, but, um, you know, Wisconsin, they're just not on that level this year and I, you know, they could probably get to seven wins, but I think at this point, a uh, bowl game is a success for them because you just want that momentum going momentum going into the next season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll see how they, how they come back next week and maybe they can write the ship and play a little bit. Like I said, all these guys are playing so many non-conference games. Maybe once they get into this conference play where they're going week, back-to-back-to-back against Big Ten guys, uh, they'll sharpen it up a little bit. All right, I'm going to let you start this one. It was the only Big Ten on Big Ten game of the weekend. It was Penn State. It was at Illinois. What happened in this game, JR?
1: Oh, man, I loved watching this game. This was a fun one because everything that everybody thought going into it would happen didn't really seem to happen. You know, I mean that yes, Penn State's defense played really really well, but Drew Aller wasn't the spectacular specimen that people thought, "Oh, this is Drew Aller's coming out party." And I know I saw some people say like, "Oh, his first true big road ten, road road game test in the Big 10." And yeah, that's true, but this Illinois team is not Illinois last year. Like, he should have been able to to do a lot more. And I'm not dogging Drew Aller here. I think Drew Aller is great. Some of the throws he makes on the run is awesome. But let's be let's be honest. This is what happens when you have a new starter. You know, he kind of goes on the road, has a little bit of a struggling game. Penn State is super fortunate that their defense is awesome, that yeah. they have one of the best, if not the best, running back pair in the country. Uh, Michigan, I'm sure, has a few words to say there. But it's one of the best, arguably the best. I've, I've been um, saying it's the best. I've been saying yeah, that I mean, since the
0: summer. I think it is the best.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, they definitely have a strong argument for it. Um, but, you know, I think Johnny Dixon on the defensive side was awesome in this game. He, it wasn't a pass breakup, but he did like hit a guy and in force an incompletion. He had one of the four interceptions on Luke Altmeyer. Uh, it seemed like Chop Robinson was just living in the backfield this game. I think they had something crazy like 20-some hurries on Luke Altmyer or something like that, like just wild. They had three pass breakups, like just wild what Penn State was able to do. And honestly, like I was just talking on my podcast with uh Sonny uh, from the Illini cast about this. He's an Illini podcaster. Like he's walking away from this game saying like, I feel good. You know, not that we lost, but – Luke Altmyer kind of took some of the bumps, some of the bruises, you know, I think Illinois fans are kind of accepting what this season is. Like it sucks because you want Johnny Newton to really have a good season. Um, yeah. But, you know, you kind of just accept what is going on and what is going on here. But Luke Altmyer, like he did struggle through four interceptions um, and six of his 15 were from behind the line of scrimmage. So, you know, when mm. nearly half of your completions are, you know, behind the line of scrimmage where typically the defense is it, that kind of is a struggle, but do you think his picks were
0: his fault though? Or was it the Penn state defense more?
1: You know, I think, I think the Penn state defense gets some credit, but I also think that the Penn state pass rush gets some credit there too. Cause they were throws. that I don't think Luke Altmaier would have thrown if the pass rush wasn't there. It almost looked like he was trying to hurry things up in some of those, um, which makes sense because, like I said, 23 or 20-some hurries, Chop Robinson live in the backfield. So I do ultimately think it was the credit to Penn State's defense, uh, but just the whole defense together. I mean, when you have the pass rush they have and you have the corners they have, you know, more more interceptions like this are going to happen. That That's probably, if not the toughest defensive scenario they'll face, one of the toughest defensive scenarios that Luke Altmaier will face all year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that defense is good. I mean, like you said, we're just kind of waiting for those big matchups for Penn State. Like, what are they going to look like against Michigan, Ohio State? That's going to be, I mean, I can't wait for that. But, hey, I'm excited about every week of football, so I don't really care if if we don't get that every single week. All right, Right. I'll take the next game. We have uh, Rutgers and Virginia Tech. I am going to ask you to help me with something here. I have dubbed (laughs) Rutgers America's team. And I need you to help me just make this worldwide known that we are going to have Rutgers as America's team. I just think that they're gritty. I think they're easy to cheer for. Love the coaching staff. Love the players. Like They're just really fun to watch. Um, They have Virginia Tech coming to town. And uh, Virginia Tech's bad. Look, I I don't think that they're a very good team at all. Um, And I think that when they scouted Virginia Tech and they watched the Purdue game, they said, we can expose these guys on the ground and that's exactly what they did. I didn't see Rutgers play last week, so yesterday was my first introduction to Kyle Manungai. Manungai, which is yeah. a fun name to say. Yeah. This is absolutely bananas. 16 carries, 143 yards, 8.9 yards per carry. Is insane. 3 touchdowns. Um, the game started off. There was a fumble. Rutgers scored immediately. It felt like the game was like over as soon as you blinked. I heard a lot of people on Twitter, like I've, and I and even in my power rankings, like replies, people talking badly about Gavin Wimsat. He didn't have to do anything this game. Like there was no reason for him to go back there and throw the ball thirty-five times. Um, yeah, I just thought that Rutgers played really well. They, like I said, they saw the advantage on the ground and they took it. Massive game next week. They're going to Michigan. I think that if. Rutgers even keeps it close at Michigan I first of all I think that they could win I that would be ridiculous I think it would be crazy if it happened I don't think they're going to Yeah, but it's not going to blow my mind if they go in there and upset Michigan if Michigan has a bad game if they keep it close though I think that nationally they'll get a little bit more recognition as a team that could be reckoned with and uh I think that they'll get some more exposure even in that game if they can keep it close. If they get blown out, no one's going to talk about them the rest of the year.
1: Right. Yeah, I, uh, I'm right there with you on the This is America's team. I commented on a Big Ten uh, post, was it yesterday or today, uh, where they posted a highlight of Rutgers. And I was just like, listen, every single person needs to be rooting for Rutgers right oh, now. Yeah. No, none of you have any reason to hate Rutgers okay like absolutely they they have done nothing they have been nothing give them their flowers um but but yeah I I totally agree like Gavin Wimsatt yes he only threw for what 40 yards 50 yards something like that but the dude ran for almost 100 the dude had a touchdown on the ground like and that's kind of what I'm seeing from this Rutgers team is they take what is available and what's going to happen. You know, Gavin Wimsatt has thrown some good balls. Absolutely. Uh, it's not it's not been terrible this season. Yeah, it wasn't last game, but, you know, he's kind of done what he needed to do. Uh, but my favorite thing about Rutgers is if you're ever watching them, watch when they get into like third and two or third and one, because I don't think they have stats on this, but I swear if there was a stat for like most – you know, touchdown runs on third and one or something like that, I'm confident it would be Rutgers because they just seem to burst through the hole, Monongah, whoever it is, and and, and either get a long run or get a touchdown because I don't know what it is. But for some reason, that's just what they're great at. And it's exciting when it happens.
0: They have to have that. They definitely have like the third down conversion stats, but I don't know if they're keeping stats on like downs, per like what down they scored on i don't know if they're doing that but that That might even be too
1: in depth for PFF. yeah
0: that's a lot that's a lot (laughs) all right uh the most lopsided game of the weekend was ohio state uh western kentucky came to town what do we need to know about this game i actually didn't watch this one at all because i knew you were going to talk about it i'm I'm excited to hear what you got to say who was good in this game
1: uh, Kyle McCord was really good. Okay. Um, obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. was good. Mecca he was good. Um, but the player that I think that isn't getting enough love um, is Travion Henderson in this game. Mm-hmm. He had 13 attempts, 88 yards, two touchdowns. But the stat that really blew my mind was 58 yards after contact. Wow. If you ever watch Travion Henderson, that's not his game. He is not a bruiser, run you over and then, and then break. You know, he's a juke you out of your shoes kind of guy. Um, and, of course, somebody who follows Ohio State more than most people, um, the thing that I saw with him was it he was legitimately trying to seek the hole and hit it. Regardless if there was a guy waiting for him, you know, a few yards back, he was just trying to hit that hole and go forward as best he possibly could. Uh, and every now and then, you know, it resulted in some bigger plays because he was able to break the tackles. Now, again, this is. Western Kentucky, you know, yeah. he's, he's not going to hit those holes and break, you know, a Rod Moore tackle or a Will Johnson tackle or a kaylin King tackle as well, but, you know, he is going to be able to get some yards off of those, and I think it's encouraging for Ohio State fans to see, um, but at the end of the day, um, this is what Ohio State should do. Yeah. For the first time this season, they did what they should do, yeah. and you know, Ohio State fans should be happy about that, um, but you know, they did what they should do. Nothing, nothing huge here.
0: Yeah. I mean, this one was over so quickly. Like I looked at the score and I was like, there's no reason to even turn this game on. Um, yeah. YouTube has this like multi-view function too. So like, yeah, there was like all these, I was trying to look at like which one I should watch. And I was just like, I don't even need to see the, if if any of them included uh, Ohio That's... state, I just went to the next one. I was like, I don't need to watch yeah. this. I think it's going to be okay. All right, uh, next game that I have is going to be uh, Minnesota versus UNC. I talked about this a little bit on the uh, Kickstart episode last week that I did. UNC and Drake May were a little bit, like when I looked up his stats and I started watching some highlights, I thought they were a little bit like less overwhelming than I thought they would be going into the third game of the season. He hadn't put up the numbers, like the Heisman numbers that I was kind of expecting when I looked at it. Um, I predicted that Minnesota would lose this game. I thought that they would keep it a little bit closer because of their defense. Um, but you look at Drake may and you look at Ethan Kalika Manis, you have 400 yards and two touchdowns for Drake may almost four or over 400 yards. And then Ethan has 133 yards, zero touchdowns. To me, that's kind of like the difference in the game. The quarterback play in the passing attack was just so lopsided. Um, Like I said, I I was surprised that Minnesota's defense couldn't hold them in check a little bit better. Maybe the teams that they played before this were not as good as we thought they were when we saw that Minnesota defense. Um, UNC outgains Minnesota by 216 yards. A big takeaway for me in this game was that it looks like, to me, Darius Taylor is the guy in the backfield for Minnesota. I I think he—I actually wrote this down. He had 22 carries— there was eight rushes for the rest of the team. Um, Sean Tyler, like, I thought he was going to be the man when they started this season, and he has been put firmly on the sideline because of Darius Taylor, and Darius Taylor's been playing good. He's actually really good out of the backfield, too, catching the ball. He had some nice catches in this game. Just couldn't do enough by himself. I don't think that Minnesota should be necessarily, like, embarrassed by this loss because UNC's a really good team, top 25 team, on the road, you don't need to like put too much thought into this. But you do have to bounce back from this and go get a win next week. Um I think UNC this is not Big 10 related, but I think UNC is one of maybe three teams that could win the ACC this year. Really good. And then one of the last note I had about UNC because this kid went off. Nate McCollum, he had 15 catches, 165 yards. That was good for fifth in college football this weekend. So what just a great game for UNC. And like I said, I kind just kind of surprised with Minnesota's defense. Did you see any of the highlights from this game?
1: I caught a little bit of it. Yeah. I have two thoughts on it. One, um, Darius Taylor is the guy. Um yeah. if you don't know, uh so if you guys follow 247, uh they have some really good sites and then they have some really crappy sites. Uh and it just kind of depends on on them. I'm not gonna mention the crappy ones, but Minnesota site is fantastic they have okay. awesome guys who cover it over there unfortunately they have like a podcast or anything like that but if you read their stuff they do a great job and all of the Minnesota insiders were calling this they were like Darius Taylor Darius Taylor like pay attention to this guy and so I was actually saying that before week one I was like watch oh, wow. Darius Taylor get more yard or uh more carries than Sean Tyler of course it didn't happen so you know, people rake me over coals for it, uh, but you know now I'm feeling a little bit better about it. I was like, okay, guys, it just took a week. Like it's like the yeah. rookie running back in the NFL who it takes a week or two before they give him all the carries. You know, uh, yeah, he's but, a freshman. You
0: know, like I don't, I yeah. don't know if people know that either. He's a freshman, so.
1: Yeah. And he, he was not a super highly rated recruit either. He just, he really buys into PJ Fleck from what I hear. And he is one of those guys that, you know, PJ Fleck is just like, you, you have done everything I tell you to do. You have the talent, you know, you're going to get rewarded. And when you do what PJ Fleck wants you to do more often than not, you're going to put up stats in that offense because he designs it around you. Um, And then my other thought was, this was really the game that I was thinking the entire time, like, the Big 10 West needs to play the Big 10 West because, you know, Minnesota does have a good defense and they did disrupt Drake may a little bit in there, you know, two sacks, two interceptions. Um, I think they did a pretty good job of stopping the run, but unfortunately like Drake may is just too much of a playmaker and you don't have quarterbacks like that in the Big 10 West. Usually, I mean, you know, every now and then you do, uh, but usually you don't. So it fits Minnesota's defense a whole lot better. Um, but I wouldn't, I would caution anybody to think that, oh, Minnesota's out of the race for the Big Ten West at this point because I really do like that team, and I think they really could give Iowa a run for their money and, uh, in in the Big Ten West. They're probably my second or third favorite to to win it right now.
0: But I mean, after you've seen everyone play from the Big Ten West, it's like, well, who is good I mean, I don't think you can count anyone except for Northwestern out. It's like, who is good? Like, yeah. I mean – I think all of them have a chance to win. I mean, even Wisconsin could turn around still at this point, That's true. even though they didn't Very play true. that well. So, all right, you yeah. had the, uh, Indiana versus Louisville game. This was a great game. I was watching it too, even though I knew you were going to talk about it. This was such a good game. Uh, what happened in this one?
1: Dude, I was locked into this game. Uh, it, so if people don't know I live in Indiana. So, and I'm about a half hour from Bloomington. So I really do root for the Hoosiers pretty hard. Uh, but it you know it's much different than ohio state football uh <laughs> yeah for sure but it's kind of it's kind of fun but um you know iu they failed on fourth down attempt at the one yard line it was super heartbreaking but their oh. offense did not look terrible in this game i mean in the second half they had a three play 54 yard drive to with you know one of those big plays to yeah. to really set them up there they had a 13 play 97 yard drive with a touchdown. And then that last drive with five minutes left, they, they went eighty-nine yards and they got down to the one yard line and we're getting ready to uh punch that in. But unfortunately, uh, you know, Tom Allen just doesn't know how to call plays. Um, which, you know, what are you gonna expect? That's one of the reasons why the guy is probably gonna lose his job. But uh but I've said this for a while now. Tom Allen is going to make a very good defensive coordinator somewhere someday. He's not a head coach. That's not his Thing That's not who he's made to be, but he's a good defensive mind and he will make a big 10 team or another team very happy at some point when he's a defensive coordinator for him. But I mean, my biggest takeaways from this game were just that Taven Jackson. He is really, really good. Um, His arm isn't quite what you want at the college level yet, but he's still really good. Um, He's going to make a lot of plays in the future. He's really going to – I think IU is probably going to win a game this year that people cut them out of. I'm not saying Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan, but I do think another team that people go into that game, they're like, oh, yeah, IU has no chance. I do think they're going to win one of those, and it's going to be primarily because of Taven Jackson because the dude is electric. He's dynamic, and I think that he actually fits what Tom Allen wants to do on offense pretty well. I mean, it's one read and run. You know, like he, he doesn't have to do a whole lot thinking back there. Um, and he can just use his feet if he ever gets in trouble. So I, I like IU more than I think most people do.
0: I like IU too. I think their defense has been playing pretty good. I think that what we're missing from them is just the consistency on offense, just like way too choppy. Like they'll go, like they'll It felt like in this game, it was like every time I looked up, they're punting again. I'm like, God, guys, come on. Let's put a drive together. Or even, even not even a scoring look- drive, just like let's get down the field a little bit. Further. Yeah.
1: That even happened a little bit in like 2020 when they had Michael Penix. Yeah. You know, I mean, Michael Penix, he was – people forget he was at IU, but, man, he was the dude. Uh, but even at, every now and then, it was like, what is happening to this IU offense right now? They just went three and out at, in no way, shape, or form should they have gone three and out two times in a row. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, I think that's just kind of the product of a Tom Allen offense because, yeah. like I said, he's he's a defensive guy. That's, that's really where he's at.
0: Yeah. All right, I have uh, Iowa and uh, Western Michigan. Western Michigan coming to Iowa. I was financially invested in this game in the form of a fourth leg of a parlay that did not hit. So I'm pretty pissed off at Iowa right now. I'm going to just get this shit out of the way right now. Excuse my French. Uh, Why are we throwing with a minute, less than a minute to go? I don't care who's in the game. I kept seeing on Twitter, everyone was like, it's the backups. They're getting their reps. You're up by 24 yeah. with a minute to go. And like I said, I was financially invested. If I was on the other end of it, I would have been jacked. I would have been like, good job, guys. Way to score that touchdown yeah. at the end. But um, Iowa wins 41-10. to 10. Um, Once again, this is just like the Wisconsin game for me with uh, Georgia Southern. That score is not the indication of how close this game was. Yeah. Western Michigan was winning most of the first half. And it goes back to kind of what you said about just not having the guys. They didn't have the horses no pun intended for Western, to uh, keep up with them in the second half. Um, at halftime, it, they uh, let me make sure I get these notes right. I had Iowa, they scored right before halftime. That's what put them up 14-10, to 10, and that's how they started the second half. Um, let's see. I said that, we talked about this on our uh, Big Bet episode on Friday as well. Is Cade McNamara really helping this offense at all compared to last year? It just feels like... They're doing the same stuff they were doing last year. Uh, The breakout guy, or the star of this game, he's not really breakout because I've been watching him now for a while, but uh, uh, LaShawn Williams, 12 carries, 145 on the ground. Um, uh, I'll just say that I think Iowa's defense has some problems. They're not the best defense in the world, but as we were saying, in the Big Ten West, they might be good enough to get stops against the offenses that they're playing against case in point this western michigan game they were right in the game but then they just started making a couple of mistakes and the way that the style of play for iowa just kind of put them to sleep in the second half so iowa pulls away they cover the over goes everything misses it for me and uh like i said iowa 41 to 10 uh what do you think about iowa this year
1: uh, I think I'm a little bit higher on them than you are. I think that their defense is very, very good. I think Phil Parker knows how to put a defense together. Uh, do I think they're the defense that they were last year? No, but I also think their offense is a little more improved than they were last year. I totally it, get what though? you're saying. Is it? Well, the thing that I think is different is I do think that Cade McNamara has a level of leadership to him. You know, okay. I last year... I watched Iowa and I saw Spencer Petris. The dude had no oh, had yeah. no leadership to him. I don't want to say he didn't have any juice. That seems like a personal attack, but uh he just he wasn't that fiery guy you kind of needed. And I don't think Kate is the most fiery guy either, but he he's not afraid to get with his teammates. He's not afraid to kind of fire him up and, and try to do what he can. I mean, it's hard to fire a team up uh when you're not scoring very many points, but I just I feel like he has a bit more of that leadership that will come out in kind of some of the closer games that maybe you didn't get to see from Spencer Petras. So, well, yes, from a yardage standpoint and from like a stat standpoint, I don't think it's really changed. I do think if Iowa finds themselves, you know, in a one score game with three minutes left and Cade McNamara has the ball, I'm not saying he's gonna drive 90 yards, but I do think that he's gonna get the team up to the 40 yard line so that way they can, you know, let Iowa's punter cook.
0: <laughs> and let me let me tell you something. They will be in a one score game with three minutes left, probably more than one time still this year. I think oh, yeah, that that's sure. not a bull prediction. <laughs> just for the sure, way they yeah. play, man. I just feel well, like the they're big, just I don't know. I feel it's like the Big Ten West. I'm watching this game, I'm looking at Kurt and I'm like, does he like this? I think he likes yeah. being close. Yeah. Like, I think he thrives in that. He's like, all right, if we blow him out in the first half, like, everyone's going to leave. So, like, let's right. just keep it close, and then we'll try to put it on him in the second half, and then everyone can yeah. call him out. Yeah, dude, you got to
1: keep the fans invested. You know, he doesn't want to be like Illinois or somebody else with all their fans. I'm not trying to dog Illinois here. I just saw a picture of all their fans leaving at halftime. Uh, Or IU or somebody. He, he wants to keep the fans there. Let them see something the whole game.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I just didn't get it. But uh, yeah, like I said, it felt like and maybe Iowa was just kind of playing with their food a little bit, but like it felt like they were a little bit closer than what that final score was. All right. uh, Let's move right along. We still got what five games left, so I'm going to zip through these on my end. But uh, you could probably zip through this one. Not a lot to talk about in this game. Michigan last night against Bowling Green. What do you see in this game?
1: Well, I think we saw that J.J. McCarthy is human. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can throw in completions. Um, but, you know, in my mind, it just it kind of felt like J.J. came in a little, a little cocky, a little arrogant. Which, hey, I'm one of those people that I'm like, dude, I want my quarterback to feel that way. I want my quarterback to feel like he's coming into every game, going to own it, going to take it over. Uh, but it does bite you in the butt every now and then. Now, I think J.J., you know dude he has really good reasonings for feeling that way i mean he's had the best qbr i looked it up the other day i think he's had the best qbr in all of big 10 history um through through the entire season so obviously this isn't through the entire season but i think he's like two points ahead of russell wilson last week so like the dude is really really good he's making a lot of strong plays that can't um, be true anymore
0: bleeding. though after three picks
1: no i don't think that i don't think so i haven't checked this week but <laughs> Yeah, uh, but that's just kind of the way it seemed to me. And I think J.J. will bounce back. He'll be fine. Uh, you know, you got Blake Corum. The dude had 101 yards on 12 attempts, two touchdowns. You know, Donovan Edwards, he's going to get his thing eventually. I don't know exactly what's going on with him, but he'll be fine. I mean, that offensive line, they got three new starters. And Harbaugh comes back this week. So, yeah. who knows? Maybe there's something actually to Harbaugh not being there. Um, I know he's there in practice all week, so maybe feels like the coaches can't actually own the team. You know, maybe there was actually a downside to having four different coaches for three games. I don't know. Uh, but I don't have any concerns about Michigan. You know, they had a little bit of an off game and they still won by, what, 25? Yeah, you know, I think I think you're doing pretty good if your are off game is winning by 25.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I also want to point out that the lights last night, even though they're playing Bowling Green at night, which I thought was odd to begin with. But yeah, the light show was amazing. The lights. At, oh, yeah. At the big I house. Saw that pre-game. sick. That looks yeah. fun. All right, uh, I'm going to go to Nebraska and uh, Northern Illinois. Um, It looks like – now, actually, I needed to ask you about this because I didn't have time to do research on this. Jeff Sims just, like, was this a coaching decision or is he injured? What's going on with him? Yeah,
1: so I looked up this a little bit, and I didn't get to read as much on it as I wanted to, but apparently Matt Rule came out early last week and said – that he was injured, dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, A lot of speculation was like, oh, is he really? Or are they just going to try and bench him? Um, I think this is similar to kind of what we talked about with the Wisconsin thing, where it's like, let's let Jeff Sims have a break. You know, he's turning the ball over a lot. Let's just let him sit, rest it out. And at the end of the day, Nebraska was better prepared for, you know, a bad team than Wisconsin was. um, Yeah. With you know, not even the quarterback in there. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But I th- I don't think Jeff Sims is in trouble. I think he's still a starter there.
0: Uh, I don't know, man. I th- I was watching this game and I'm I'm looking. At, now, I know, like, you look at the opponents that they played. It's like Minnesota and Colorado and then uh, Northern Illinois. Yeah. But this kid did look pretty confident last night. Uh, Heinrich Harburg is his Hunter, name. Yeah, I think. I think he had a... Uh, I don't know if I'm saying his first name right, but that's okay. Harburg is his last name. He had a great opening drive, opening drive touchdown. They get the ball back. I think it was the very next drive, and he fumbles, like, really close to their own goal line. And I had to, like, at that moment, I was like, oh, no, here we go again. They're fumbling the ball from the quarterback position. This is going to be bad. But then he came back, finished the game with 158 yards, a touchdown. He led Nebraska in rushing with 98 yards and another touchdown, in the second quarter, somebody should pull this highlight. I should probably post it on Twitter. He's running up the left hash and just absolutely trucks this defensive back from Northern Illinois. I felt so bad for the kid. Um, but, hey, like you were saying, Northern Illinois is not a good team. Not a good team. They lost to Southern Illinois, which a lot of people don't even know they have a football team. Um, but it is nice for Nebraska to finally – I mean, you start your both your games, your first two games on the road. And you're at Colorado and you're at Minnesota, some teams that were pretty fired up to be playing some games early on in the year. So I liked to see Nebraska just kind of take over this game and uh, not have to worry about anything, not have to have anything close, limit the bad plays, limit the turnovers, and a lot of scoring drives. It felt good to see that from Nebraska. They play Louisiana Tech next week, and then Michigan is coming to town in two weeks. So they got one more week to really get things done rolling before they play a, a huge opponent. Um, I like Nebraska. Do you like them?
1: Uh, yeah. As, as an Ohio State fan, ever since 2020, I've always had a bit of a affinity for Nebraska. Nebraska fans have always seemed to have that for Ohio State because we were kind of the two fan bases that were fighting the most for the Big Ten to play that season. Uh, not to say nobody else was, but it just seemed like those two were kind of in conjunction fighting the most together. Um, but – the thing I like most about Nebraska this year is if they do go with this Harvard kid, uh, I would love to see it because the dude is basically a tight end playing quarterback. Like you look at his size and look at him out there like, you know, if if Iowa was ever to put Luke Lachey at at a quarterback or if Ohio State was <laughs> ever to put Cade Stover at quarterback or, or you know, it, name any other quarterback. Colston Loveland uh, at Michigan at quarterback. That's basically what you'd see because the dude is a hoss. He's huge. uh, And you're exactly right. On that one play I saw, I saw a dude just completely trucked that Northern Illinois kid. And uh, it was not even a contest. The dude is huge. And uh, it's fun to watch him play out there.
0: I don't like Nebraska's jerseys that much. But for some reason, the quarterback position, even Jeff Sims, they all look cool when they're playing quarterback for Nebraska. I don't know what it is about that. All right. We're going. We're, we've. I've spent way more time than I promised you. I was going to spend. I don't mind it. I, as long as you don't mind it. I gave you Michigan State and Washington. I'm not sure either one of us really kept a close eye on this game. Do you have any comments about this game at all?
1: I watched like the first quarter. Uh, I saw Michigan. State. So you saw the just- whole game then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I saw them just get pummeled. I mean, Michigan State had 261 total yards. Washington had like 713 or something like that. Like basically tripled, or I think even more than tripled them. Um, it was not a contest. Uh, Michigan State, we'll get to power rankings later, but right now they're second to last for me because their, their players have seemed to quit. Uh, and I mean that completely. Like you have, you look at how many guys are out right now on the injury report. Like there's like 20 guys on there. And it's clear they know, hey, we can save a year and have a red shirt year and we can transfer after this one, after the coach is fired, even though he's not technically been fired yet. Um, I think Michigan State has mailed it in. I feel bad for the seniors, but you know, I don't they might win one more game this season.
0: Wow. I feel like that's a bold prediction. You know, their over under yeah. was five and a half, so they're supposed to win at yeah. least three more.
1: Well, and that was even before the Mel Tucker stuff came. Yeah. Out. So, and I, yeah, I mean, I think it's admirable what Harlan uh, Barnett is trying to do, and Mark Dantonio. I know people have their thoughts about him, but him coming back and trying to trying to do what he did, or uh, trying to help out the university, I think that's admirable. But at the end of the day, I mean, I just I don't think there's a whole lot of juice there, and and I think the players are. Are pretty much looking ahead. Other than the seniors, I think most players are looking ahead and seeing where can I go, or you know, what's my role on this team next year.
0: This will be the year they uh, beat Michigan again because it's always when you least expect it that Michigan State always beats Michigan. Yeah, watching all Noah right.
1: Kim have like five hundred passing yards. Exactly.
0: Just like basically like pull a Kenneth Walker to bring that back. Um, all right, we got two more games, but you mentioned the power rankings, and now I want to get to them quickly. Uh, I have Purdue and Syracuse. Uh, Purdue loses to Syracuse 35 to 20. Um, basically got shredded by Syracuse's quarterback, Garrett Schrader. He had 195 yards on the ground, scored four touchdowns, could have scored a fifth one in the fourth quarter when they were kind of like running the clock out. He was running up the sideline. There was no one between. There was one guy that maybe could have made a tackle. They were also on the goal line a couple times. He could have scored more. I mean, he could have had five or six in this game. For me, uh, when I'm focusing on this game, what I'm looking at is, number one, I didn't think that Devin Mockaby got enough touches. Or if he did, I think he had 12 touches. He didn't get enough yards. We got to start mm-hmm. blocking for this guy. He's a legitimate running back, and he had 31 yards in this game. I'm expecting him to do more in a big game environment, especially at home. Game for sure, like this, he had three
1: fumbles, too.
0: He had three fumbles? I didn't see that.
1: I think so. I don't think he lost any of them. I think, if I'm not mistaken... I think he had three fumbles and Hudson Card had four.
0: So I knew they had seven. I did have that written down. They lost three fumbles. The only ones that I feel like maybe I was just missing these plays. I definitely saw Hudson Card lost two of them. He lost two fumbles. Yeah,
1: Hudson, it says on the box score on CBS Sports that Hudson Card had four fumbles, lost three, and Devin Mockabee had three fumbles, but didn't lose any of those. Okay.
0: Well, maybe that's why I didn't consider it a fumble because he didn't really lose them. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, still, you got to hang on to the ball, though. Um, right. I had mixed reviews on Twitter when I was going through it last night from Purdue fans. There was like about half of them that were like, Stamp Hat, like, we're fine. We're going to figure it out. And then the, I saw some people posting, like, no one should go to ross Aid again this year. Um, extremely excited about seeing next week's game between them and Wisconsin because somebody's going to have to win that game. And yeah. I, I, I'm i really not sure who it's going to be because I don't know what Purdue team. Purdue is probably the most up-and-down team I've seen throughout yeah. the first three weeks. And uh, I just don't think Wisconsin's that good. So it's going to be an interesting game, especially for Wisconsin coming on the road next week. And uh, any other thoughts on that game?
1: Nah, just, you know, hold on to the ball.
0: Yeah. All right. The only other one that I have is a uh, Northwestern versus Duke. They got blown out. I mean, I, there's not a lot of, I mean, they're just going ha- to, you talk about Michigan state not winning maybe one more game. I, Northwestern has, I wrote this down. They have a uh, Howard coming to town in three weeks. Is that right? Two or three weeks. Yeah.
1: And yeah, uh, that's. Right.
0: that's that's going to be their last chance to get a win. Uh, ben Bryant had one touchdown and an interception. I think he had the other one, the rushing touchdown. I will say, though, for people that are just college football fans, Riley Leonard's a beast, though. He's very oh, yeah. good. He is very freaking good. He had, let's see if I got this right, 200 yards in the air, 100 on the ground. Um, he's deceptively talented because he runs. Looks like it's going to be an easy tackle, and then he breaks tackles. Um and yeah, Northwestern bottom barrel. I forgot to put the Friday night game. Do you have anything about Maryland?
1: What do you think uh, about them? I think that they showed a much better running game than I yeah. thought. Um, I think that Virginia throwing that freshman QB in there really spun him because he was more mobile. Uh, not that he was a, a runner or anything, but he was more mobile, kind of able to throw on the run than they thought. Um, so you know, it. it yeah, they went down fourteen to nothing, but. At the end of the day, Maryland should win that game when they did. So uh, Maryland just falls asleep in the first quarter, and then they wake up, and then they win the game. So, yeah. Nothing All new. right.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how. That's kind of how I felt, too. I, I was excited, though, just because that game was on Friday night, and it was fun to see uh, Maryland. It was play. a fun game to watch. Play. Yeah, it was very fun. It was visually pleasing as well. All right, let's bring this up. It's the power rankings. I had you send me yours. We've talked about mine a couple of times. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Hopefully it doesn't cover your face too much because it's going right next to you. Oh, that's perfect, actually. Um, have both the power rankings up right now. I think you have them on your end as well. I, I debated on how I wanted to go through this with you, but I think we should kind of do it like the your top four versus my top four. So I'll start. I have Penn State number one. I think they've shown the least amount of weaknesses this year. Ohio State was really impressive this week. I had them jumping Michigan, who has not been, in my opinion, as impressive scoring with the picks from J.J. this weekend. Um, Defensively, they've been really freaking good. I can't lie about that. They've been really good defensively. But I just feel like Penn State, and I think Penn State's the most complete team. I think Ohio State's shown more. And then uh, Michigan's still really good, though. It's a, There's a big separation between three and four, and I have Rutgers at number four, which people on Twitter love. America's team, number four. What do you got for your top four?
1: Yeah, I got Michigan number one, Penn State two, Ohio State three, Iowa four. Um, you know, these top three, I have just kind of told myself, like, Michigan's going to stay at the top unless one of two things happen. Either they lose to Penn State or Ohio State or they just have a complete dud of a game versus uh, an opponent that matters. You know, I I give them a little bit of leeway with the Bowling Green thing. Um, And what I do look at is their defense. I mean, their defense is super strong. They had guys out of that game. If I'm not mistaken, Rod Moore didn't play. In that game, and they were still super strong. Now, again, I know it's Bowling Green, but still, like, yeah, you know, you have a strong defense. You showed that even when your quarterback struggles, you're able to to pull through uh, and unite together as a team. So, I don't know. I just feel like until Michigan, maybe this week, if Michigan were to only win by ten or fourteen against Rutgers, then maybe, yeah, I'm like, okay, maybe Penn State can jump them or something like that. Um, but. I don't know. Maybe it's the Ohio State fan of me, the pessimist, but I just don't think this Ohio State team is is showing enough. Kind of, you know, like I said, they did what they were supposed to do against Western Kentucky. You should score sixty points on a defense that, that is that bad. Um, you should dominate defensively. You didn't do that against IU. You know, I guess we can give them leeway or not. I don't because you should have done something like that um and then the youngstown state game i don't think people realize how much respect was kind of there uh because of jim trestle and everything else i don't think they wanted to run up the score on them it was kind of like last year if anybody ever saw the georgia and samford game yeah where it was like georgia kind of had respect so they didn't want to run run up the score a lot it's kind of how i felt like with the youngstown game so i don't know i feel like getting into big 10 play will will tell us a lot more about this top three um and then as far as rutgers go uh I, uh, I wanted to put Rutgers in my top four if I listened to my heart, but uh, I had to listen to my head and put Iowa up there instead because I was like, you know, who would win in a game? Rutgers or Iowa? Probably Iowa. So, so
0: I feel like that's kind of where we're, we're disagreeing on stuff is that – so I, the way I do my rankings is I'm going off what's happened so far this year. And yeah. I feel I'm getting a vibe from you that you kind of look ahead to what is going to happen or what could happen. Is that is that correct? Yeah.
1: yeah, so I am one of those people that I try not to overreact to like one thing happening. So I'm like I'm a super boring power ranker because my stuff doesn't change a ton. Like <laughs> this week, I moved from Michigan State from like I think ninth down to second to last. Like that was my biggest movement of the whole thing because I look at this and I'm like, yeah, Michigan struggled, but you know, Ohio State struggled too, and you know, what did Penn State do? They won a game by 17 on the road of the Big Ten against. The probably a bad big 10 team, you know, a team you should have dominated. So it's like, I don't know. Um, I can definitely see why you would put Penn State above Michigan. Um, uh, for me, I'm one of those people that I'm just like steady Eddie. Uh, yeah. Not super, not super in it for the clicks on Twitter, I guess. Not saying you are, uh, but you know, when I put my stuff out, doesn't normally get the clicks and the interactions that some other people get.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely in it for the clicks, baby. Give me all the yeah. clicks. Also, yeah. I just realized I'm looking at my screen. I had to type these in myself. I spelled Indiana wrong. I'm not an idiot. I know how to spell it. It was just a typo, everybody. I'm sorry. Um, I, I just look at just go one more time on this top part. Penn State's beaten West Virginia and Illinois. I mean, give me give me a game that can is better than either one of those teams that Michigan's beaten. That's why I have them ahead at this moment um, because Michigan hasn't really played anybody at all. I mean, so I can't put them up any, high. I mean, I know what they are. I just can't do it based on what they've done yet this year. So that's, that's kind of how I look at it at least.
1: No, I, I see what you're saying. Um, I just have a hard time and, and and it goes completely against what most Ohio State fans want to do right now. Everybody, well, every Ohio State fan wants to dog Michigan for having a bad at a conference schedule. But the way I'm looking at it, it's like, you know, Michigan couldn't control that. You know, they had to cancel their game with UCLA and it, you know. Whatever. Maybe I'm being too nice. I don't know. Um, But even in that West Virginia game, the West Virginia game and the Illinois game, I can find stuff that they did where I'm like, you should be better than that. Yeah, You you should be doing something better than that. Uh, Drew Aller, I don't know if you know this, Drew Aller has had the lowest percentage of 20-yard passes thrown by a quarterback in the Big Ten. Uh, Before this last week, he only threw three um, out of all of them. And I think yesterday he only had like one or two um so he's not throwing the ball down the field nearly as much as i think he should and i do think that could be an issue for penn state at some point because they really do rely on the yards after catch of you know some of these receivers and um at the end of the day it's like you know olu fashanu uh, i think the offensive lineman the dude gets beat so often not like with swim moves, but he's just not tough enough. Like he gets pushed back. He got pushed back into Drew Aller uh, yesterday um, or on Saturday by an Illinois lineman that I didn't even know the name of. And this <laughs> dude just started pushing him back into Aller. And I was like, man, dude, Olu, like You're you like, I thought this was an NFL
0: alignment right here.
1: Exactly. Like everybody's talking about his top five pick and he's got an Illinois kid out there pushing him into his quarterback. And I'm like, okay. So I don't know. Um, Penn State, as much as they are good. Um, they, they also have some weaknesses that I'm not too fond of.
0: Okay. All right. We both have uh. well, I'll zip through the rest of this. We both have Maryland at five. So no reason to talk about that. I have Iowa at six. Um, and you have Rutgers. So we basically just flip-flopped, uh, Iowa and Rutgers Flocked right them. there. We're yeah. kind of in the same range. We both have Minnesota at seven. We both have Wisconsin at eight. I'm still giving Michigan state a little bit more credit. I keep them in the top 10, I guess, if you want to call it that for 14 teams because they have two wins and everybody that I have below them does not. Uh, I have, and then I finish it out with uh, the one win teams is uh, Purdue. I think is the best one win team. I think Illinois is right behind them and Indiana. Those three right there, I think are just bunched up. And once again, I do know how to spell Indiana. That's really irking me right now. Um, And then I put Nebraska at the bottom, just based on the win that they have is so um, not impressive. And then Northwestern obviously is the worst team. So, Finish out your uh, 9 through 14 right there.
1: Yeah, Wisconsin at 9. I'm not confident in that. I could see them keep dropping, especially if they lose to Purdue this week. Nebraska, I'm higher on Nebraska than some people, and maybe it's because I picked them to win the West at the beginning of the year, and I just don't want to look wrong. Um, But I really do like that defense. I think that that defense is stronger than maybe they're getting credit for because everybody's talking about Jeff Sims and him (laughs) struggling And the They've played two tough teams. I mean, I know Minnesota just got killed by North Carolina, um, but, man, they played Colorado tough. It was another one of those games where, like, the final score didn't really indicate how tough the game really was. Um, And then, yeah, I completely agree with Illinois, Purdue, and Indiana. Those are kind of just bunched there, and honestly I could see those three being ranked in any different way um, at all. Probably put Illinois at the top just because I feel like they've played the hardest schedule. Yeah, Um, that's that's fair.
0: I could see see that I get to the bottom part right there and I'm just like Purdue Illinois who did Purdue Purdue beat a ACC team Illinois beat a MAC team I supposed to be a good MAC team but like it's like is Virginia Tech it, would Virginia Tech beat Toledo is kind of how I do it because those are the two yeah. wins so I'm like yeah. uh, and then I'm like but Illinois probably should have lost that game I don't know man yeah. I just that, that's why I, I could I could see myself flipping that though because you are right Illinois schedule has been tougher than Purdue's you're right about that
1: yeah it's tough and then of course at 14 I mean and we, I think we both at 14 have Northwestern but yeah dude 13 Michigan State and, and I'm not trying to dog the players when I say this stuff man but they have just quit uh, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't quit because honestly if I hadn't taken my shirt yet I might be doing the same thing you know in this day and age <laughs> of college football you can transfer do all these things. You know, I'm not trying to dog him, but uh, I don't think Noah Kim's success is gonna be the same, and I and I just think that defense is probably just gonna keep getting worse and worse, and um, yeah, so the depth won't be there. They hit some injuries, and it's just it's gonna be tough sledding. So
0: yeah, I, I feel bad for them as well, just like you said, the I do seniors. too. You know what? But you yeah. know what? I feel bad for myself, Jr., because I have battled through this podcast. I am sick. You heard me coughing. My nose is running. I couldn't have done this without you today. 13 games, we got them all covered. Um, I appreciate you so much. His name is JR. The name of his podcast is The Big Ten Huddle. Go check it out. He's got amazing guests like me and other people coming on his show. Um, Anything else to wrap up this show today, JR? Thanks again so much, dude. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem, man. Had fun being here. If you ever want me back, just let me know, and uh, I'll come back, and we'll definitely have you on The Big Ten Huddle again here soon.
0: All right, sounds good, man. And uh, we will be back on Wednesday with our weekly Kickstart episode, and then of course on Friday with Bet Big Brad and B1G Wilson to talk about all the gambling lines, get you guys set up. Spoiler alert: We all have winning records at this point in the season. Pretty impressive so far for three weeks. Uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday, Jr. Thanks again. Uh, I'll see everybody in the future.